When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, here's a little taster of the Heathers Movie Club featuring Peaches Christ and Cherry Torn. The full show's about two hours long and you can get this and all the other movie clubs by going over to patreon.com slash craigandfriends and signing up for the movie club tier. When you sign up for the movie club tier, you also get all of the listener questions episodes, all of the bonus episodes, and some other fun stuff. Movie clubs on the horizon include 9 to 5 featuring Karen from Finance and Jake Shears. We're taping that next Tuesday, so if you do sign up, you'll still have time to add your comments and questions. And in a few more weeks, Tammy Brown will be joining me for Tootsie. So enjoy this highlight reel of the Heathers Movie Club, and while you're listening, go over to patreon.com slash craigandfriends, sign up, and slide on in to the Thunderbuns of Hot Dog Club. Question from Lindsay Rose, who wants to know, Peach is my hometown queen, and Gregory my future secretary of state, and implicitly, Cherry Torn as well, because this was a, an addition after the question was asked. The questions are, what do you think is the most iconic moment of Heathers? And we'll start with you, Peaches. The most iconic moment? Mm-hmm. My goodness. I uh, this is the favorites thing. This is this is the yeah, tricky bit. It's really, really tricky because that, that film is just so incredible. But I think because of what it's about and who it's about. Yes. You know, I mean I think one of the most iconic moments is when just before Heather Chandler you know, smashes into that glass coffee table and she says the words corn nuts. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, it's like, here's the, I mean, it's the darkest comedy and what's happening is so dark and so awful. And you, you kind of realize in that moment, oh, they're really doing this. They're really mm-hmm. going there. Mm-hmm. This is happening. <coughs> corn nuts. <laughs> uh, I mean, it just, it's, a, that is the movie. You it know? really is. Yeah. She is incredibly miserable in every way. At the college party in particular, I had forgotten about the scene where after she blows the guy, she spits at herself in the mirror. Yeah. Like the level of self-hatred in it, which you're not really uh, sort of aware of with her until that. That moment, yeah. right? And and then the sweet afterlife moment, you know, mm-hmm. my afterlife is so boring. Yeah. Right. You actually kind of feel for her in right, a way, you know, right. but it's that spitting moment. That changes it. You, yeah. That really... It, it it's brings the the high school bitch to a deeper level because it's like she didn't really want to be blowing the guy. She doesn't like herself. She's just yeah. doing whatever she can. And that whole scene outside with the fire going and <laughs> yeah. that confrontation, that dialogue there. No, that's incredible. That yeah, yeah, is yeah. one of my favorite um, moments. That might be. The most. I mean, I can't choose just one. Well, but I think that, you know that whole sequence, the whole yeah. party sequence, because. Rewatching it this time, and I hadn't seen it in a number of years, I don't think I realized when I was a kid watching it that clearly Veronica has been roofied. Right, right, right. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, yeah. and that's I guess why the beer is on fire or something. You know, as a kid, you just mm-hmm. think it's this like sort of cool thing that's going on because also right. the movie does exist in a semi dreamscape. It does. It's a fantasy kind of movie. It totally. Yeah. It's like when it goes to the dream sequence, you're not even really aware. Right. For right. Three minutes. It does, and it does all of that clever shit which we don't do anymore because we just hammer people over the head with what's actually happening. But it, <laughs> right. there's all this implication, and if I you're not yes. paying yeah. attention, you can miss it. Like even the bulimia moment, you're yeah. like. Oh, wait, yeah. You're like, wait, what? Wait, did that just happen? Yeah. 
Grow up, Heather. Believe me, is so 87. <laughs> and like, I just want to say as a whore, like, I, okay, there's only, there are two incredibly relatable moments in this. I can't say iconic. I will say relatable for me moments where I'm like, oh, okay, that's real. Like, not only does she go into the stall to make herself puke, but like her gag reflex is so gone, she needs a friend to do it. Right. And like, I've right. said that a million times. People have been like, oh, do you have an eating disorder? And I'm like, hell no. If I like, my gag reflex is so gone. Like, to be bulimic, <laughs> I would need someone to fucking fuck my face all the time. Like, you know, right. it's, it's like a, it's like being tickled. Like, you can tickle yourself, but you can't like right. have someone else. But like that bonding moment, like yeah. in the fact she's done it a million times before and like, it was just so casual. Yeah, they're so regular about it they're just like oh yeah so, can I have another look at today's lunch yeah. true friends work is never done <laughs> and then yeah. later when um heather is killed shannon doherty is suddenly able to eat her like ham hock or whatever yeah, it is. Right, she's right. like in the in the locker room just like honking off a rib and they're like <laughs> watch it heather you might be digesting food there yeah where's your urge to purge fuck it, <laughs> fuck it. i love that and then that moment where they're um Okay, I can't totally remember the scene, but there's sort of, oh, that's what it is. And she comes back from that date where, like, they have the horrible with the drunk guy. And oh, then he's yeah, like, yeah. he's come and gossip to, like, all the people in the school around her and said that, like, she had this threesome and got spit roasted okay. or whatever. I rarely listen to Neanderthals like Kurt Kelly, but he said that he and Ram had a nice little sword fight in your mouth last night. You know what I mean? Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so relatable! It's like they know it's not true, and but they want to believe it's and true. The way he's like, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> we were talking earlier about how pretty much every guy in this movie is loathsome. I mean, maybe not Veronica's dad, right? But Christian Slater, obviously problematic mm -hmm. yeah uh curtain ram obviously yeah but then even that guy he's a seemingly the nice guy yes, yeah but he's not which is, he's isn't not. that that's right. just the that's fucking right. lesson of life that the mm -hmm. nice guy is yeah, the yeah, one yeah. you need to look out for in the fucking most <laughs> <laughs> and then he's kind of bragging about how him and heather went out right yeah and then yeah. you're like yeah at the funeral he's like yeah you know heather said it was boring but like obviously she just hated her life <laughs> <laughs> and then the tv coverage when he's talking about how he bought her the rhino yeah at the fair I love too the 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 general overall worldview that the movie presents, which is also summed up by the mother later on when she's like, well, "You kids want say you want to be treated by like a human being. It's usually because you're being treated like a human being. How do you think adults work?" Right. <laughs> That's yeah. so accurate. The the, the movie, uh, as far as iconic moments go, and just like listening to this stuff, I'm realizing like it's kind of like a John Waters movie in a way. Right. If you look at an early John Waters movie like Female Trouble, I mean they're not necessarily perfect movies, but by and large, the dialogue is so inspired mm -hmm. throughout. Like, it's so clever. It's so witty. It's yeah. so, you know, you look at Heather's and you go, every other line is <laughs> right. amazing. Right. The dialogue yes. is incredible. Yeah, and it's a rhythm to it, too. Yes. And almost a rhyming structure, kind of. Yeah. And, and it's its own lingo. Like, it's in this dreamscape world, but everything in it is, uh, like, tied to each other. Right. And people wish they could talk like that. We all yeah. aspire, but nobody talks like that. No one. You know, I remember being obsessed with the movie and just, you know, fuck me gently with a chainsaw. You know, all, right. all these lines where it's like a brilliant writer gave these characters this world where they could speak <laughs> in this incredible way. Right. And and also even the, the end of fight that we were talking about with uh, the end of the party and the vomit. I mean, the viciousness of Heather Chandler saying, What's your damage? Brad says you're being a real coos. That's just so savage and 
anti-woman. <laughs> no, it's totally, it's horrible. And then she, you realize that this molding of um, this sort of minion has yeah. been going on since childhood. Right. 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 So it's like she's, you know, threatening her and basically saying, you know, I brought you to a Remington party, you know, and, and you know, you were nothing before you met me. Right. I forget the di- you were. Yeah. A, a you should have tur- turned it out. Was that yeah. not why I brought you? Yeah. That's what right. I hear. Basically, you're my you're to do my bidding. And yeah. this extra level, which I find very fascinating as a woman is like, you don't always realize that the misogyny that hits you deepest comes from the places you don't expect, which mm. is like mm-hmm. other women who have been had misogyny internalized into them or sometimes even gay men who live in such like a male only environment that Mm -hmm. like the value of women has been lost Mm -hmm. like there is a there's such a balance and that Mm -hmm. movie really i mean not to the gay side but like to this moment of like you know you can see she's been trained just things about the film Mm -hmm. even for when it came out is that it was so progressive right and so ahead of its time it's the first film of its kind post John Hughes, right? Like, so John Hughes had a very specific genre and a very, and those movies are wonderful and delicious. But you look back on them now and you're like, whoa, they're so dated. They're so racist. They're so misogynistic. (laughs) They're basic, really. They're not made by a progressive person. They're so white. No feminist, like alternative, like none of that John Waters undertone. No, and it's like almost like Heather's was a mirror to that. Like, oh no, actually, guess what? This is what white high schools are really like. You know, this this is how they treat each other. This is, you know, the depth of meanness that can mm-hmm. exist. And of course, then Heather's changed everything, right? right? Because it gave birth to Jawbreaker and Mean Girls. Sure. And, you know, this whole thing where, you know, we we saw the world that way. But being a kid who was like in high school when it came out and yeah. becoming obsessed with it, one thing I will say looking back on it, I'm like, you know, there still wasn't any diversity to it as far sure. as, you know, they were all white, which is the world they lived in. And Really, there would have been queer kids, you know, involved right. with the the sure you know, the the one I you know. There's really there's nothing queer about it other than the way that they talk. There's not, <laughs> although there is some undertone, and perhaps this is just wishful thinking, where you're like, hmm, is Christian Slater's character like a little bit gay? <laughs> I don't think so. And if he is, if it's in there, it's still problematic. Yeah, because I think I mean, it's just us. You know, you know. I mean, us as in me personally. Well, is it also <laughs> maybe because he, he, he happens to have the uh, wait these artifacts handy? Got an issue with stud puppy? Right. <laughs> a candy dish. Candy dish. I love that. John Crawford candy poster. Dish. A little John Crawford card. <laughs> Some uh, mascara. Mascara. All right. Now here's the one perfecto thing I picked up. Mineral water. Oh, come on. A lot of people <laughs> drink mineral water. It's come a long way. Yeah, but this is Ohio. I mean, if you don't have a brewski in your hand, you might as well be wearing a dress. In yeah. the rewatch, now that we're old queers, obviously, because <laughs> you don't see this at all when you're not, is like, well, he sure came up with all of that quite conveniently, and perhaps some of that is convincing. <laughs> and but even that seems so not progressive. I remember even, at, totally, even, yeah. even, so at the, even at the time, right? It was like these are really dated ideas, yeah, like, from, like from the fifties, which I guess is part of the joke. But it yeah. did, it, yeah. feel, it did feel like the sort of the. You know, and as a queer kid, you know, I was obsessed. I mean, my yearbook quote is from Heather's. Oh, wow. Which I was obsessed. uh, Dear God, let me dream of a world without Heather's, a world where I'm free. Oh, okay. Because my high school was filled with the meanest. I mean, I went to Catholic 
high school with a lot of rich kids in Annapolis, oh. Maryland. Yeah. You know, lots and lots of blonde, beautiful bitches. Yeah. And I was, I mean, the weird thing about Heather's now uh, is thinking about the fact that I wore the long, I mean, the trench coat. Yeah. The the hairstyle. I you know, I had the Doc Martens. I had the you know, we had wear uniforms. So you expressed yourself with all this other stuff. Sure. Because, you know, your coat, your shoes, those were the, the that's what about, about what you could get away with. Right. I mean, I had earrings. The school tried to um make me take them out. Mm-hmm. My mother, you know, um said there's nothing in your handbook that says he can't have earrings, you know. My, my my parents were very good at like um defending my weirdness because I think they realized early on that doing otherwise would backfire yes, you know right um i remember my parents having a thing where you know because i wore and this is so silly to think about now like sex pistols t-shirts or whatever uh-huh. and there was this whole like um quorum at the school uh worrying that i was like a satanist or right. into whatever just because i was different and had some troubles in school and everything but was also relentlessly picked on right by some people they didn't want to deal with that right 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 at of all course. and then when there was a situation with a bully they of course would blame me and i would get the detention so it's just uh, that yes. reaffirming the uh, and compounding and that was totally my story yeah and i also stood up for myself and i did kind of become a we- leader of the of the weirdos okay yeah. so it was yeah. sort of this thing where the administration and i had tons of horror you know shit all up in my locker and <laughs> You know, I was obsessed with, you know, Pinhead, you know, yeah, sure. this, so yeah. Satanism and all mm-hmm. that was definitely, I mean, uh, my parents did have a priest uh-huh. come over to bless my bedroom, I guess, one time when I wasn't <laughs> home. Yeah. Um, so there was this sort of concern about me, but, and I think about this now, Heather's coming out when it did, we could enjoy it as a fantasy yeah. in a way that we could not now and when Columbine happened, yes, um, I remember th- sitting there and watching it and being kind of like devastated because in no way, shape, or form was my love of the movie Heather's anything more than a fantasy. Of course. You know, I right. never actually wanted to murder people. The fantasy of seeing the jocks and the bitches get murdered was fabulous, you know? Yeah. But it was always a fantasy. And I remember with Columbine, it was kind of like... Wow, not only do I know that everyone in my high school graduating class is thinking about me today. Oh, right. Because if anyone was going to do that, right. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, the, the, the trench coat and the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the style. But I was thinking, like, I never in my wildest dreams would have entertained that. No. And now we live in a world where the idea of killing your classmates is just so common. Right. And like, even the scene when Christian Slater scares the shit out of the guys with the blanks. Yeah. It, watching that again, because you kind of forget about certain scenes. Right. And you see that and you're like, oh my God. And you know, yeah. you talk about things that would never make it into a movie oh, now. Never. You're like, oh, 2018, forget about it. Yeah. And I actually had that moment because we're from the South. So it's like everybody does hunting, like shooting oh, guns right. is a very normal right. thing. Like someone accidentally coming to school with a gun in their car is actually a very common thing. And <laughs> right. at least when I was in sort of elementary school, middle school, high school, like I graduated in 2003. So, uh, yeah, you can't do that now. Yeah, no. <laughs> that was right, my right. reaction. Be... Seeing that, I was like, oh, you can't do that now. Yeah. But it's kind of the same. Like, coming from a place like that, which, like, compared to California, you're like, bitches, you don't know what goth looks like. Like, you're upset about my all-black clothes. Police. Like, you do not <laughs> even begin to understand. But it was down to, like, my grandmother being like, I will literally pay you not to dye your hair black. Like, that's oh, wow. how much it upsets me. That's how much of a connotation I think it brings. Like, that 
presentation and this mm-hmm. was before columbine like now yeah, sure. like now you could look at that sort of look and be like "Ooh, that makes me a little uncomfortable maybe you're having some emotional <laughs> disturbance but like back then it was just well it's, like it's it. kind of unfair because it's that thing where it's like i do think there's a difference between the columbine kids and the kids that go to their school and shoot them up. They're not the artist weirdo goth no, kids. No, they're no, really no, they're not, not, you know. Not. Um it's something else. But because of the way that played out in the media and because they emphasize so much those trench coats and you know um, but I all think of it, that. I think it goes two ways. It's like, okay, maybe these kids who have found a channel to express themselves are not a threat, but perhaps it's the kids who have just as much feelings but have not found that channel to express themselves right. who are dangerous. You know? Absolutely. It's like you find theater, you find mm-hmm. all this extra and you're you, then you find community then you find people then you understand there is something to this life to you know the whole it gets better campaign well, you sure. know, like you have a whole vision around it and then unfortunately when that stuff is stepped on by authorities kids made to feel like bad or parents made to feel freaked out that their kid is maybe interested in theater or whatever music goth whatever then that's a, a real drag too, because you've fun, found your little tunnel and someone's trying to close it. Yes, especially in those gender conforming type of areas and mm-hmm. times where it's like, how dare you? A theater. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, with your pansy, pansy bullshit. I'm definitely from that sort of area where it's like any type of nonconformity is unacceptable. So in each gender, there are, you know, a whole host of a whole host of things. Yeah. To tell on you. Lindsay has another question. She says, would you guys ever do a Peaches and Craig event in San Francisco, but make it for 18 plus for those of us who are not 21, but very close to being? Sure. Sound yeah. fun to me. A live podcast. That'd that, be, that's something yes. that, you know, I would love to do then, that. Then they could see the full drag realness I'm presenting right now. Exactly. So I saw exactly. it. I touched right. it. I felt it. I was in the presence of the power. Right. And yeah. it was glorious. Yeah. I'm squinting because of all the, the, the magic glamour yeah. that's coming so, out right now. Exactly. Yeah. so good. Now, Kel Adams writes, greetings and salutations. Uh Wow, so many freaking awesome movies are being thrown in the hot dog flavored water pot that is Movie Club. Well, thank you, Kel. I'm glad glad and glad that you're enjoying all the selections. A hearty porky wiener thanks. Heather's is most definitely, alongside Pump Up the Volume, my favorite Christian Slater film. The peak of the late 80s, early 90s, teen angst flicks. The cast, the drama, the fuckery, the fashion. This is yet another greatly quotable movie, as we mentioned, so many iconic moments. Teenage Suicide, Don't Do It. Then the scene with the croquet, Martha Dump Truck, and the Big Fun t-shirt. That is such an incredible image. And when she has the indignity of the beverage spilling all over her mm-hmm. before she goes to tape the suicide note on and, and fail at suicide, which is then used against her the best example of how rotten the cool kids in quotes can be to yes. the uh, yeah and i just i have to say in leading up to this that iconic moment of fucking why can't i don't remember his character name christian slater's character oh jd jd, JD going to shannon doherty heather and being like well you know it's your turn Right. Right. <laughs> and then right. Veronica yeah, yeah. is so pissed off that like another Heather has grown in Heather's place as if JD wasn't the one who came all along and was like, Sprout, baby Sprout. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's like he needs that bad energy in order for yes, him to otherwise justify. Otherwise, there's no reason because then it's just about his own personal negative, like sensitive feelings. And then aren't you just another one of the fucking sheep who is this like emotional? Yeah, and he he masks that all with this tough guy weirdness that's inherited from his dad. And that's a whole other trope that I love in the movie. It's basically saying that these industrial kings 
are just savage sociopaths Mm -hmm. and it seems to be okay and uh people look the other way because clearly there's a history of him getting arraigned but not convicted you're blowing up the library that his mother happens to go into but he just moves from town to town because his business is very big and they get away with it even back then it was kind of like we understood what they were saying and again I can't, I mean, the, the, showing this movie to people of a certain age right now, it has a, a completely different impact because young people now have grown up in an era with high school violence, with yeah. murder, and with Trump as president. So we were watching this sort of allegory, if you will, mm-hmm. in this sort of fantasy way of understanding that these are, are ridiculous almost poetic metaphorical ideas about the evil that exists in high school and the evil that exists in capitalist corporate America. And now we live in a world where this is normal. Right. Right. That's just insane. Cause when this movie came out, I mean, we didn't have these sorts of news reports. No. We didn't you know, accept it as normal. Even if it was, like, we had this plausible deniability that, we like, did, proper and, society would never. But go- <laughs> even government, I mean, was it corrupt? Was it awful? Sure. But nothing like nothing what like, we're dealing no. with right now. No, there was the uh, indignities of the end of the Reagan era and then going yeah. into George Bush Sr.'s first thing. But. It all seems tame compared to anything now. It does, and there's such a nuanced um, take on misogyny where you like you see everyone from the like rapist football player to like JD being like the yes, you know, like I'm sort of nice but not. I'm like the anarchist, like Mm -hmm. in between to like the yearbook guy even being nice but still trying to sexually take advantage of you in that moment. Or it's like she's trying to defuse the bomb of the school, and she's like, "What's below the gym?" And he's like, oh, it's the boiler room. <laughs> right. All suggestive with well, the boiler I guess, room. I guess in a way that's a positive change, right? Like, so we, with the things that are kind of like horrifying are that like um, gun violence and, and, you know, our president, um, you know, basically being in bed with Russian oligarchs sure. is, is our reality right now. Mm-hmm. So, and the bullying that's the, just taken as rampant. Bully- but, but on the flip side, I would hope that young women and young girls in a post i mean there is there is a positive side to these dark sides right where sure. where we have young people who are pushing you know who elected you know aoc and mm-hmm. you know push politics in a different direction and there's a post me too movement sure. and a post grab them by the pussy sort of uh women's marches and things yeah, where, exactly. where hopefully now women in high school some would go fuck off you know like yeah. you know there mm-hmm. would be a different response to this sort of thing it's surreal so maybe yeah. it's not maybe we we've we're definitely um in a in a, a less a uh, good position in many ways because that was a fantasy and it didn't really feel like it was reality. But then in other ways, I feel like uh, especially young people have grown up disillusioned mm, by the yeah. American dream and understand misogyny and racism and class warfare in a new way. To hear the rest of this movie club, head on over to patreon.com slash Craig and friends, slide on into the Thunder Buns, a hot dog club, and then unlock the ocean of material that's waiting for you there. Hot dog club exclusives like you wouldn't believe. Bonus episodes, listener questions episodes, taping one tomorrow with the fabulous Goth Charlotte, another one later in the month with Crystal, 
Other movie clubs available there, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead with Alaska, A Star is Born, and Casino, two separate shows of course with Willem, The Fifth Element with Ms. Cracker, Body Double with Katya, and Legend, one that's kind of a controversial one because the movie itself is not so good but the show makes up for it, Drop Dead Gorgeous with Trixie Mattel, uh, it, the list goes on, there's so many. Anyway, sign up now and let your ears get filthy with the magic of Hot Dog Club and Movie Club. <laughs> 